Hello there, Merry Christmas Merry Christmas And welcome to the Christmas special of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus Usually In the Shower with Taz and Marcus is a bite-sized informative podcast Aimed to debunk the mysteries of the world in a bite-sized format that you can listen to anywhere But this week we have a Christmas special for all y'all Christmassy peeps Snow is falling uh, everywhere Oh god I failed Christmas Although we are recording this episode right now and it's not Christmas Today the day it's released Marks and I are actually spending it together in Mullingar on Christmas Day The Kellehers are taking me in I'm really really excited Adele you're an amazing cook Can't wait for this Fran you're a legend High five to you The lads Go on the lads <laughs> So yeah because today is in fact Christmas Day Of course we're going to mix it up and do things a bit differently But not only is today Christmas Day not only is this the In the Share with Taz and Marcus Christmas special, but it also so happens to be our 20th episode. We couldn't have planned this better. Uh, thank you so much for your continued support over the last year. Even though we're recording this on the 14th of December, you've already filled us with festive glee. <laughs> so as we said, this episode is going to be a tiny bit different. We're not really going to tackle one question in particular, but kind of talk about Christmas and the mysteries surrounding the magical day that is Christmas. Ho, 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 lovely people. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> um, we received a ton of Christmas questions. First of all, thank you to anyone who sent them in. So we've decided to take the most common ones and do a bit of a bumper episode in honour of the holidays. Think of this more as an episode of Sitting Beside the Fire with Taz and Marcus. Or going for a freezing cold Christmas Day swim in a lake in Mullingar with Taz and Marcus. Or eating so much turkey that you pass out with Taz and Marcus. And that leads us on to our first question. Before we tackle our first question, I just want to apologise for my stuffiness. Because it's Christmas, I obviously have a cold and a stuffy nose. It wouldn't be Christmas if I didn't. That's why it's called stuffing, isn't it? <gasps> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> End of episode. First question. Why do we eat turkeys at Christmas? Dono from Crockwell in Galway is sending this one in. And although the question is fairly easy to answer, it is interesting. And I know you want to know the answer. So, obviously, a lot of people are like, yeah, we eat you know turkeys at Christmas because they're delicious but it's not that simple like lots of things are delicious turkeys were first introduced into Britain in 1526 and around that time people's normal Christmas dinner consisted mainly of things like swan peacock wild boar or goose swan peacock mm-hmm listen do you, do you want maybe to go down to the canal and hunt a swan we'll bring to Mullingar for Christmas I'd say eating that swan you would get so drunk and just go for the <laughs> amount of alcohol that they've ingested I wonder like if if all the swans in the canal in Dublin are actually all like drug addicts and, and alcoholics maybe that's why they're angry Marcus that's a terrible idea to put in our heads on Christmas it's Christmas remember but maybe that's why they're trying to break your arm and it, listen I'm just saying we could hunt and bring a swan absolutely not absolutely not so Christmas feasts in that time were lavish affairs with royals always outdoing each other and Henry VIII was the first person over this side of the world to eat a turkey around Christmas time, which made it popular in the first place. And turkeys remained a luxury up until about the 1950s when refrigerations became commonplace. Up until then, goose was the staple meat to enjoy at Christmas. I feel so bad for you. Your stuffiness sounds terrible. I just want to... I just want to... Wash it away. <laughs> that could be my Christmas present to you. Well, right, right now on Christmas Day, I'll be washing it down with a hot whiskey. Oh, lovely. Here's a fun little fact about turkeys as well. Turkey does have all the makings of an actual natural sedative in it. What? 
Yeah, there's a, they contain a uniquely an amino acid called tryptophan. And tryptophan helps the body produce the B vitamin niacin, which in turn helps the body produce serotonin, um, which we've talked about before, a remarkable chemical that acts as a calming agent in the brain. So that's why after you eat a large <gasps> quantity of turkey, you feel sleepy. That is the best fact I've ever heard in my life. That is why after Christmas dinner, you just pass it on the couch. Like there's a scientific... I love when there's scientific explanations for things. There you go. That is such a good fact. Mm -hmm. Okay, so next up, my brother Reen, who I'm spending with right now on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) Reen asks why we hang stockings over the fire at Christmas. Give me the answers, Mr. Marcus. I always presumed it was to dry your stockings after a hard morning of building snowmen and rolling down snowy hills and having snowball fights and... Doing all kinds of Christmassy stuff. Not at all, actually. Although it definitely is hard to beat a warm pair of socks on a cold winter's day. Basically, back in the day, there was a wealthy businessman who had three beautiful daughters. And bad luck hit him really, really hard when in a short space of time, his wife passed away and a series of investments left his bank account looking pretty empty. What, did he have to like sell his dryer for cash and hang his socks over the fireplace to dry? No, 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 no. In those days, Marcus, a girl couldn't get married unless her family could pay a dowry, which is where the bride's father would give a gift to the husband's family. This happens still in some parts of the world, crazily, crazily. And because all of a sudden he had no money and he couldn't pay a dowry, it was looking like his daughters were going to have to become prostitutes to survive. Seriously? Well, they couldn't like go on the dole or meet somebody who valued them as a woman and, and, and as a person and didn't care about being paid and blackmailed to marry them. Those were different times, Marcus. Long, long ago, fudo, fudo, different times. Anyway, word spread around the town that those three daughters would have to go on the game to put bread on the table. And eventually, this word reached the ears of a local monk called Sinterklaus, who decided to act on this by breaking into the house and giving all of his money in coins, no less, to the daughters one night while they slept, leaving one on the table, one on the mantelpiece, and one in a nearby stocking, which had hung out to dry. So I was right about the stockings all along. Shut up and let me finish the story. Listen, I know Christmas. I I am Christmas. (laughs) So hearing a noise downstairs, the father came down to find Sinter lashing a load of coins around the gaff and was awestruck. So Klaus begged him not to tell anyone, but word of the monk's kindness soon spread around the town. And the story goes on to tell that the three daughters were then able to marry and live happily ever after and even became so wealthy that they were able to take care of their father into old age. And as for Sinter, he later became known as Saint Nicholas, who is now the patron saint of children. Old Saint Nick, Sinter Claus. Santa Claus. Breaking into houses, giving cash to girls. I'll tell you. So the crux of that story is like, we hang up our stockings in the hope that someone will come and like reverse burgle us. I mean, that's absolutely mental, but I can get behind it. I'm going to hang up loads of socks around my house and hope that someone fills them with, like, MacBooks and Rolexes. One can dream. One can dream. Absolutely. Okay, Marcus, what's our final mini question? But first, before you answer that, happy Christmas, folks. Happy Christmas. Once again, I hope you're spending a lovely, lovely day. I don't know what time of the day you're listening to this at, but you know what? I hope it's lovely. I hope you're surrounded by puppies and lovely people and And you're sedated by your turkey and you're sedated by your turkey (laughs) okay last question last question is why do we stick up Christmas trees at this time of year about four people asked this question Um, and I actually have the answer for this one woo yeah Um, in Scandinavia in ye olden days people would traditionally bring a pine tree into their homes on the winter solstice which is on the 21st day of December 
Is there any particular reason why they trudged out in the snow and chopped down a tree and brought it into their homes? Seems highly unorthodox. To quote a fantastic Christmas ad. <laughs> it's because the pine is an evergreen and it's the symbol of everlasting life through the seasons. And in the winter, the, the little green everleaf bits poke out through the snow and remind them of spring. Um, so as the tradition spread through Europe, hanging stuff off trees such as apples and nuts became common. But this tradition stayed primarily on mainland Europe until the mid-1800s. It was only when Queen Victoria of England married Prince Albert of Germany, who was actually her first cousin. What? And he was German. And that that the, the kind of tradition spread. I mean, their first portrait was sketched in front of a Christmas tree. No way! Mm-hmm. So not only did he bring incest into the country, he also brought the tradition of Christmas trees. Exactly. Um, within 10 years of the wedding, the practice of putting up a Christmas tree became commonplace in both Britain and America. That is lovely. Mm-hmm. Putting up a Christmas tree is one of my favourite days, favourite things to do in the Christmas season. Well, they were into that and incest. So, <laughs> so to close out this episode, we have a full-blown advent calendar of Christmas facts for you. Marcus, want to kick them off? With absolute pleasure. Um, because of its roots in pagan festivals, Christmas was not immediately accepted by the religious. In fact, from 1659 to 1681, it was illegal to celebrate Christmas in Boston and you were fined if you were caught celebrating. What? That's mm-hmm. mental. And Oliver Cromwell outlawed Christmas for a good while as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So for a long time there wasn't Christmas in Ireland. So make sure you're celebrating it today, folks. Happy Christmas. Okay, here's another one. So we leave carrots for Santa Claus's reindeer because in Norse mythology, people left hay and treats for Odin's eight-legged horse, Slepnor in hopes the god would stop by their home during the Yule hunting adventures. Dutch children adopted this tradition too and would leave out treats for St. Nick's horse. Yeah, there you go. Good old Schleipnir. You ready for another fact? Hit me. Right, so traditionally, when Santa Claus um, first came, became common, he's always existed, listeners. Always. Always. And, and always will. Um, he's He first wore blue and white and then he wore green. His traditional red suit came from a 1930s ad by Coca-Cola. That's commercialism at its finest. But you know what? Fair play to Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Really. Absolutely. Next well fact done. is pretty commercial as well. Next fact. Rudolph was actually conceived by a department store, Montgomery Ward, as a marketing gimmick to get kids to buy holiday colouring books. So Rudolph almost didn't have a red nose either. And at that time, a red nose was a sign of chronic alcoholism. And Montgomery Ward thought he would look like a drunkard. Yeah, there you go. Rudolph is mad for the sesh. Go on, Rudolph. Okay, here's another fact. Silent Night is the most recorded Christmas song in all of history, with over 733 different versions copyrighted since 1978. That's only 40 years. I know. That's not even that long. 733. Isn't that insane? That is so insane. Um, Listen, the proper way to close out this episode, I mean, we, we've dropped facts. We've dropped stories. We've told you about turkeys. We've told you about trees. We've told you about about stockings. But we just want to extend our warmest wishes. Christmas isn't always the most amazing time of the year for some people. But look around. Feel the joy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you who are listening to this, be it on Christmas Day or after, are feeling love in your heart and are enjoying the Christmas season to the best of your ability. We wish you well. We wish only good things for the year to come. We hope you had a great day and we hope that all of your Mondays from now on are fantastic. So for me, Mark Solera. And for me, Taz Kelleher. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Nulla Ditch.
So there we have it, folks. An emotional Christmas issue, best enjoyed by a fire with a hot whiskey in one hand and a big stack of presents in the other. Wishing you the merriest, merriest, merriest of all Christmases. Marx and I right now will hopefully have a hot whiskey in our hand, and I hope that you have a lovely hot beverage warming your soul also. And a lovely hot situation warming your heart. On Christmas, spreading the joy more than ever, massive thank you as always to the guys at Headstuff happy Christmas our amazing graphic designer Flo Robinson our musical genius behind the theme song Dave Gritzman thank you so much Dave we love you all and we couldn't do this podcast without you and I just want to say happy Christmas Taz thank you Marcus happy Christmas too I'm very excited to spend it with you love you I love you too This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.